I'm Robbie McDonald. And I'm Jordan Lee. We're two writers who've been friends for 15 years. Recently, we both discovered we have the shared experience of figuring out we have ADHD in midlife. Holy Shit, I Have ADHD is a platform for adults discovering their neurodivergence, as well as a way to spread awareness of ADHD. This is a podcast about ADHD, hosted by two people with ADHD. While each episode has a general theme, our meandering trains of thought mean we often cover several other themes in the process. We are not experts, simply two people sharing their experiences of discovering their ADHD in midlife. If you suspect you or someone you know may have ADHD, speaking to a medical professional should be part of your discovery journey. Okay, so yeah, Hi. how's your week been? Uh, it's, um, it's pretty good. I feel like I'm on a winning streak nice. because I've slept five days in a row. Like, woohoo, I'm like winning the lottery over here. It's amazing what it does for my mental health when uh, when I'm rested. Yeah, no kidding. And um, I've started a, um, or kind of gotten back to uh, a routine and a ritual that I had in the morning, which was, you know, get up, have my tea, do my morning pages, maybe meditate, most days meditate, but then go out for a walk for just 15, 20 minutes in the neighborhood. And I find that just being out of the house, fresh air. Sometimes there's a glimmer of sun for like half an hour in the morning in Vancouver. You got to grab that. <laughs> um, and it just really, it just sets the tone for my day because I don't look at any screens or do anything that could potentially um, distress me. Sure. Um, and I just feel like my mood is getting better. Uh, I also feel that the um, uh, the Wellbutrin, you know, I'm on week three mm. and I'm starting to see that that is having a really positive impact on the uh, seasonal affective disorder that nice. I've been grappling with for a long time. Yeah. That's my long answer. How about <laughs> you, Jordan Lane? That was a pretty short, long answer, I got to say. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, uh, I've been kind of up and down, honestly. Um, I'm So like I said, I started, I started really kind of uh, doing some work in earnest um, on my friend Nick's film recently, and that's been really cool. Um, but yeah, energy wise, it's been taking a lot out of me. Um, and again, that's like, it's, it's a positive feeling to kind of like, uh, feel I, 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 what I like about doing this work is that, um, at the end of the day, we can point to something that got done and like, okay, well, here's, mm -hmm. here's the thing that got kind of achieved today or whatever. Um, yeah. and again, even if there's things that are kind of outside my control, because it's not ultimately my project I have an easier time not getting mad about that stuff like we had to we mm -hmm. had to delay some stuff um Saturday when we were last shooting uh because of some noise issues um and you know so Nick was getting understandably frustrated about that but for once it was me you know kind of chilling out and able to really kind of like mm -hmm. but I recognized a lot of myself in him like in that moment um you know in situations where something outside of my control is, is, is frustrating or impeding my ability to do something. That's just like, mm. well, fuck, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's really easy to get hot about that stuff, even though, you know, getting bent out of shape doesn't actually kind of fix anything for the positive. But, um, anyway, mm. all that is to say, so I've been, I've been back and working in earnest and, and seeing contributions to things and being around people a lot and and that's good um but yeah it's like it's it's a it's taking up kind of more energy than i expected and so um yeah, yeah i've really been like this week has been you know um i've gotten more stuff done 
uh, on kind of my own work than in the last little while, which is good. Like that, that mm. sort of line is steadily going up, which is positive. Um, but yeah, just trying to like, you know, um, just, yeah, find, find that balance between like, um, wanting to push while I've got momentum going and kind of strike while the iron is hot, so to speak, but then without mm. running myself down. Cause that's what happened back in April. Um, you know, and, and so, yeah, I've just been kind of like excited to work on things and, and happy to do that stuff. But then also like, sometimes I'm just like tired right down to the bones. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yes. The weary bone mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely, uh, and this time of year, especially when, um, you know, corporate interest back in the day decided that we needed more time in the morning <laughs> uh, rather than in the evening. Um, had, and there's a myth like, apparently around that that's been disproved that it was the farmers that wanted that. Yeah, no, that's it's uh, not true. Until this year, I had never heard any explanation other than like, well, we do it for the sake of the farmers. And that was, you know, what I had I'd always heard growing up. And even, you know, mm. um, so my stepmom's family, they're from uh, Manitoba and they're all farmers as well. And so, you know, that was something that I heard from their side of the family, too. So it certainly wasn't, like, localized to one region of Canada or whatever. Or, like, mm. there was no no rural city divide. That was what everybody fucking heard. But, yeah, I, I had literally mm. never heard any other explanation until this week. So do you want to mm. run down the, the very Coles Notes version of that, if you have it? Uh, sure. Just what I can recollect sure, yeah. um, is that it was not the farmers that decided that it was business interest um, because they wanted more time for people to sell their goods um, Mm. and to um, distribute their goods. And so it was always from a commercial standpoint, it was always transactional. It was never so much about, you know, the crops or uh, farmers being able to do anything like that. It was always about commerce. It was always about things being available um, for sale. And so there's a lot of discussion around that right now. Like, is, is this actually good for our mental health for it to be dark at three o'clock? Because it is like, it is like that sometimes in Vancouver in mm-hmm. November and December. Yep. Um, my sister's really struggling. She's here for grad school and she's like, what the fuck? Like she was over last night for dinner and she's like, ah, I need a sod lamp. God. Um, and even I think if you lived here for a long time, it's, uh, there's something very specific about how dark it gets mm-hmm. here in the winter. Um, and, you know, a lot of people will say in Calgary, well, you know, you get the sun. And I, I will always say when it's minus 30, the sun is not doing its job. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was that was interesting to kind of learn that. But on the other hand, I feel that my rhythm has kind of be re- been reset in a positive mm. way. Mm. So I'm back to getting up at 7 again, which was a habit that I had for a number of years before everything kind of went sideways during the pandemic. Yeah. And then I just, my whole sleep schedule just got really disturbed. But now I feel like, okay, so I'm going to bed at 10. I'm getting up at seven, waking up quite naturally, usually around the time my alarm goes off and having enough energy to go out for that walk. But I definitely hit a brick wall at four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Cause I'm just like, it's, is it time for bed? Like uh, there's still things to do. We have to have dinner and there's things happening. And I'm just like, almost catatonic on the couch just like what's happening yeah um yeah how do you, how are you feeling with the with the change does it really impact when you get up um no it's interesting though you were talking about how early the sun sets and yeah that was something that I remember from when I used to work at at, at an office you know it was like 
I worked early relative today to everyone else because I'm an early riser. So I used to get in at six and then take off, you know, two thirty three, depending on how long of a lunch I took. And yeah, and I remember driving home at three, three thirty and the fucking sun is setting and it's just like, God damn, man. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I feel like I'm adjusting. Okay. Um, but again, I just, it's, it's hard for me to tell whether the daylight saving stuff has an impact because I am just generally pretty run down right now. Um, mm. you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm low energy regardless. Like, like yesterday, I literally took two naps yesterday. Um, and mm. part of that was because I, I just, my brain has just been keeping fucking weird hours lately, partly anxiety stuff and blah, blah, blah. But mm. yeah, I was like, so I woke up at, I don't know, quarter after four or something yesterday and had like a good, you know, put in a good five, six hours of work and then went back to bed again around 11 for like a couple hours and woke up at eight. And then, yeah, and then like worked for a little bit and then I was so tired again. I don't know whether just because I had expended a lot of energy earlier or because I didn't Mm. sleep that well the night before or what, but I was back in bed again at at like five o'clock and then slept for another, yeah, I think I got back out of bed at 6.30 or 7, and then I was back in bed at 9.30 last night and slept through the night. I'm just, I'm fucking wiped, man. I don't know what's going on. So I think, well, I think it is just the, the change in your in your schedule and the kind of work that you're doing is a combination of, of physical and mental mm. output, um, as film will do, is that, you know, and there's also emotional labor involved, sure. I think, in supporting um, directors and producers when they're having... Uh, disruptions is that just will happen on a film set but um that's something that i've really found was really fatiguing um uh anytime i was in a supportive role was Mm, that mm. not only was i just trying to do the best thing that i had been brought in to do but i also felt and this may be a people-pleasing thing too it's just like (laughs) absolutely not wanting to see directors and producers like in distress like wanting to do anything i could to help them even though that wasn't really my role you know, and then maybe that, that might be part of why you're tired. You may just feel that. You may just feel like, oh, fuck, I want to help him. Yeah, that's, you know? but, but like I said, I was actually like, I was pretty chilled out about it because, you know, oh, yeah. like I said, I, I didn't really have a, there, there was nothing I could do about it. Um, but yeah, that, that's certainly, you're, you're absolutely right though. There is a lot of kind of like emotional labor stuff um, because, even even the most grounded of us have our diva moments, um, and you know sometimes we need somebody to assure us that mm-hmm. yes, there is in fact a pee underneath those ninety six mattresses we're laying on top of, and our pain is real. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that analogy. That's really good. Um, yeah. So speaking yeah. of our pain mm-hmm. being real, um, we're here mm-hmm. to kind of talk about like touch and and touch sensitivity and like and mm-hmm. you know kind of. Se- the sensory overload we've talked about that with kind mm. of hearing and some other things before but not really touch so much um mm. and so if you're okay with it i'll tell a quick story about uh the adhd tax that i paid this morning as a way of kind Uh-oh. of uh segueing into this <laughs> oh, so boy. um i'm sure our listeners well some of them anyway but will be familiar with oh sorry you know what before i fucking segue into this i this mm-hmm. has been nagging in my head since we started so i need to get it out of my mouth uh you reoriented mm-hmm. your room your desk is facing a different direction now and i've got a different <laughs> angle into your apartment and i've just been that's been dancing on top of my brain and i've been needing to get that out of my mouth so yeah mm, yeah <laughs> i i turned my desk around so that the light would be in my eyes mm. instead of behind me because I realized the way that I had the desk set up before, I was kind of like 
staring into the cavern of the wall <laughs> and it, that was not good for me. And mm. this way it's also good because the light is better, you know, for zoom calls, but I can see the chickadees and the hummingbirds and, um, everything kind of going on in the greenery. Yeah. And I think that's also, that also helps my energy levels mm-hmm. to just kind of see a little bit of beauty in my peripheral vision. Um, and that also means though, that you can see the wires where I plugged in the thing and some of my sticky notes that are out of date. But, yes. And but... your everything is figure outable sticker, which I like. Yeah. That's, that's, um, old uh, Marie Forio. I used to follow her quite a bit. I don't know anymore, mm. but yeah. Um, that I like that idea that, you know, you can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Most things, unless you're in a systemic, <laughs> a systemic oppression situation, then mm-hmm. maybe not. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> so back to the ADHD tax. Yeah. So uh, our listeners may be familiar with this idea, which is the idea that um, ADHD not only kind of affects our day to day in the concrete ways that we think of and notice all the time, like walking into the kitchen and failing to remember why the fuck we're in there, but also <laughs> um, all of these other kinds of things that come along with having bad executive function or bad memory um, or what have you. Uh, so so I paid an ADHD tax this morning, which is... Um, so tying this all back into uh, sensations, I mm. hate shaving. I absolutely loathe shaving. I have such sensitive skin. My hair is very, very coarse and thick. And, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, and it's just something where, like, I absolutely hate it because of you know um not so much the sensations involved during the shaving process but just kind of like no matter how much i moisturize or how long of a time frame i take to make sure i'm perfectly shaving with the grain of the way the hair is growing and blah 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 i always end up irritated and red Mm -hmm. and rashy and just like itchy and I just spit on my mic uh, uh, skin here uh, and, and just miserable and 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 that that fucking sucks so basically mm. um, the, the the flip side of that though too is that I can't grow a beard for shit um, I once for November the first year we did that on iStock decided to mm. grow a mustache and beard and my end of day six mustache was pretty much the same as my end of day 30 mustache. Uh, it was, it was brutal, but anyway, um, so all this is to say, I can't let it just go. Uh, if I could just choose to eliminate shaving from my life forever, I would absolutely do that. Um, so as a compromise this past year, I decided to like, okay, maybe I'm going to try out an electric razor and kind of go Mm. that route. So I brought this, brought, I bought this fancy brown electric razor and um, have been using that for the last year. And yeah, it's it's been great. I can, it doesn't get as close as, as a straight razor shave or just a, uh, a blade shave does, but it makes me presentable. And presentable is all I really give a shit about. Like mm. I can't, I can't have this fucking disgusting beard that like is just nasty, but I'm not, you know, like. I, I, I maybe don't need to be kissably soft for every Zoom call I'm on either. So it's just kind mm-hmm. of like, this is fast, this gets it done, blah, blah, blah. Um, anyway, so uh, so the ADHD tax with this comes in with the kind of like carelessness and uh, and just like rushing and lack of kind of like just thinking mm-hmm. through literally the consequences of my own actions. Um, so when I do shave the head the the cartridge of this razor obviously gets filled up with hair and then so usually Mm -hmm. what i've done is i've just like popped the head off and just like whack 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 (laughs) against the sink to knock all the hair out of it and then done the same thing with the cartridge and so then uh last week um i went to go put the cartridge on and i was like 
oh, the spring is all fucked on this. And like the blade is sticking out at like a 45 degree angle that definitely shouldn't be happening. And so I like go to look at it. And of course there's like some tiny little plastic hinge that's been shattered. Um, because oh you know, this, this thing, it, 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 it comes with a brush because obviously you're supposed to, uh, as a civilized person might pop the cartridge off and like gently brush all the hairs out of the blades and the little kind of mechanisms and whatnot, because Hey gosh, didn't, didn't you just pay a bunch of money for this thing? Shouldn't you treat it like with a modicum of respect for not only the, the the people that put their labor into it, but, you know, your own labor of earning the money to buy it. Um, but anyway, so mm. I fucking wrecked this like $40 cartridge and had to go buy another one this morning. Um, mm. And I just walked in the door about about 10 minutes before we got on this call. So that was kind of like fresh in my head as like an ADHD tax link back to, um, yeah, just like unpleasant sensations. <laughs> Mm, oh my goodness, Tordan. Um, and I, I wonder too, did you read the manual on this thing? Because I'm not a manual reader. Come on. <laughs> not, not, only, not only am I a man <laughs> with all the uh, uh, gendered baggage that comes along with that, but I'm, I'm an ADHD man. Like there's, there's <laughs> what the fuck is a manual? <laughs> they always make them so hard to read too. It's just like, why can't you make them like more appealing? And maybe there are organizations that have like, online manuals how to's and you know youtube is chock full of that stuff for people that can't cope with the manual but yeah i just think that's re that's really funny that when you got it i could just picture you like D -d 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 -d, opening the whole thing box goes away whatever and then Z -z -z -z, back, 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 back. yeah exactly <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> exactly well wait i'm not supposed to do that fuck but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm soft as, well, relatively speaking, soft as a baby's bottom this morning. And, uh, and yeah, you do have a bit of a glow go on there. <laughs> I think that may just be that we're recording a little bit earlier, as you were saying, uh, uh, you're rising a little bit, but yeah, like mm. there's all the sensations that come along with shaving, which partly for me has to do with like, I have a general aversion to kind of what I would call like a braiding or scraping sensations. I definitely mm. can't go to get a pedicure. Um, having not only another person's f hands on my feet, but also like cutting my nails or like, you know, buffing my calluses or whatever. It's just, it, I, I, I can feel my teeth aching as I'm saying that. And like, <laughs> it, it feels like, it feels like if the, roof of my mouth if my soft palate was covered in hair all of the Ooh. hair standing on end that's what it feels like when i think about those kinds of like scraping and abrading sensations <laughs> it's nasty I can relate to that yeah but i'm also like yeah when i think about my own kind of sensitivities there um I feel like the winter months are kind of a reprieve mm. for me because then i don't worry about shaving my legs so much and sometimes <laughs> i let myself get a little bit you know, hairy. Um, and, um, it does kind of, yeah, I do the whacking thing with my razor, but I don't have an elect. I just have like an old, like whatever in the shower kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, also very sensitive scan. Um, and, and then, yeah, I think I was talking about this last week. Like I decided to shave my armpits and then like <laughs> not long after that, I ended up with this weird infection thing. Like oh. in my, I had like these weird circles, like on both armpits. And I was like, what the living fuck is this now, right? Like, what fresh hell is this? And, you know, when I get to see the doctor and I'm showing her and I'm like, uh. and she's like, oh, it's just, you know, it's normal. You just have a little thing. And I'm like, because I had already been, you know, 20 minutes into like scaring the shit out of myself on, on the internet. With all the 
totally right. Like, oh my god, that's armpit cancer. I'm sure of it. Um, <laughs> there's something to do. I feel like there's like something to do with lymph nodes manifests in like armpit swelling or something too. And yeah, yeah. And I and I know I've got some kind of autoimmune thing kind of running underneath everything that's been challenging me. I just haven't been able to get a clear lens on what that is mm. it's just my intuition um but yeah it was pretty funny and that she was like oh it's no big deal you know you just need some antibacterial soap and it, it turned out it was no big deal like <laughs> i just got the right soap and um and i have been making homemade deodorant this last year mm. and maybe that was not quite um <laughs> the right strength or something um maybe a couple drops of lavender isn't enough i don't know um but anyway yeah it was kind of it was kind of funny but yeah that kind of made me also not want to touch a razor for mm. a while because that skin is still really sensitive in there. And yeah, that sound of like, was very unappealing. Um, and the Manny Petty thing for me, it's funny because I used to think that was such an indulgence and I used to do it quite often. I used to get my nails painted all the time, but I could never quite understand why I'd always like need to lie down afterwards. Mm. Like, because mm. It is both over and under stimulating for me because it's like the, the touch stuff, right? And it's somebody I'm not on intimate terms with yeah. being really close to me. Um, and do, like I usually clip them myself before I go because I can't cope with somebody doing it. I had that once when somebody went too far and it was really uncomfortable, mm, deeply, yeah. deeply uncomfortable. Um But yeah, it's um, and it's so fucking awkward when somebody tries to make small talk. And like, <laughs> um, and so I always leave those things just feeling like, oh, God. So it's actually been... I think I'm close to a year since I've had it. Um, and, you know, early in the pandemic, of course, I wasn't going sure. anywhere near that stuff. But um, Owen and I have been talking, too, because he's like, oh, what's going on with your feet? Right? <laughs> because I haven't, like, I haven't been in a long time, so things are getting a little rough down there, <laughs> even though I use cream and stuff. But kind of the idea of sitting in that chair and, like, just the whole thing. And then sometimes there will be some kind of weird soap opera or something playing on a screen you know, where people, I don't know if you see this sometimes in public spaces, people will have like a wall mounted screen, but they haven't adjusted the color setting. So it just looks really, really like 1980s or something. Mm. The color is just like, and whenever I see that, I can't stand it because my, something in my eyes can't yeah. handle that. Yeah. But I also can't turn my eyes away. Right. Um, and so, yeah, just like the whole, it, it feels like more of an ordeal than a luxury whenever I go to do it, no matter how, you know, upscale or pampery the place is, there is still always some kind of music that's going to not be appealing for me. Somebody I don't know rubbing the bottom of my feet, which feels intimate. Um, and then asking me who I'm dating or what my personal <laughs> is. And then I'm just like, I don't want to, I just like, none of this is that sexy or appealing to me <laughs> but I love the end product like I love having like big dark nails and like um and I love having smooth heels and all that stuff it's just like the the process of doing it and sometimes like you're in there for like two hours and <laughs> and the smells especially if you get next to somebody who thinks their perfume doesn't stink <laughs> but it does in fact stink <laughs> um yeah yeah so it's, yeah, the whole sensory thing and touch is like, I think we'd kind of um, forget that. Like, I don't know, like we're kind of sold this lie that when you go and, you know, quote, get pampered, that it's going to be this rejuvenating thing. I don't, I've never really felt that. Like even any time I've gone to a spa or done any of that kind of thing, I don't feel relaxed afterwards. Mm. I feel kind of like invaded. Mm, mm. 
You know, I will, I will say I enjoy massage though, especially yeah. I I found somebody who's amazing, but it's also because she gets me and she knows I'm hard of hearing. So when I'm face down, I can't hear shit. So she doesn't talk mm. except to ask me like if, if everything is okay yeah. and then just tell me I just could do, I can give her a signal. I don't have to talk. Oh, it's so wonderful. I haven't been able to see her in a year, but shit, man. <laughs> Rebecca, if, you, uh, if you're listening, I love you, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you like massage? Well, that's you? funny because that's that's what I was going to say is is I thought it was interesting to hear you say that you don't find yourself relaxed. Um, now, I don't really have much stuff to kind of compare it to because, uh, yeah, I like I, I've literally been for one pedicure and I was like, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? kind of skeptical going in about whether this would be a thing for me, just knowing what I know about myself and my body. Now I know the mm. why of all that, which helps a lot, but yeah, I, mm. I did needless to say, I did not enjoy it. I actually found it like, yeah, just, just super uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> okay. Here's, here's a kind of insane analogy I'm going to draw. Um, mm. So, oh my God, I don't, I may cut this out because this is embarrassing to talk about. So uh, I'm a little bit pee shy. Um, and so it's like, it's weird because like sometimes I just have trouble getting it started, right? And it's not because I'm shy about like other people seeing my penis. Like it's not, that's not an issue for me. But for some reason, like peeing around other people feels different than that and feels weird. And it's almost the same thing of like, I don't have a problem with other people touching my feet per se. Um, but it's mm. something to do with that specific, like that abrasion and that scraping and all the stuff that kind of comes along with that. It like, it, it takes it into a kind of like different league. I don't know. I'm totally going to fucking cut this. Cause that was just wild. What I just said. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't, well, you see, it's so, um, it's so different for genders too, because, you know, um, in a traditional sort of like binary, um, washroom environment, right. Um, women would, you know, have like this stall where they, you know, go in and then there's a, you know, a visual privacy, even if there isn't audio privacy. Right. <laughs> um, and so I can see how being at a urinal where everything's kind of like, Hey, how you doing? You know? Um, would be a little bit unsettling, but I, I still get pee fright if I'm, it was, it was <laughs> awful when I worked at my own job. Cause it was one of those old school bathrooms with like three stalls, uh, side by each. And every time, if there was somebody next to me, I would just sit there waiting for them to leave because I couldn't, like, even if I was just like having a wee tinkle, it was just like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want you to hear this. It's totally. so strange. You know, it just like, would just like shut down the whole system. And I just, I really know I have to go right now. Can somebody just flush the toilet? Like, and then I would feel like I could go. And you know, either way, whether this stays in or not, I know you're feeling embarrassed, but like, I'm fine talking about it because I kind of feel like, whatever, man. Like, you know, it's such a, um, it's such a strange thing because I think for a lot of people during the pandemic, it just became like, oh my god, I didn't realize how distressing it was to have to go to the washroom next to my colleagues. And now I can just like take the video off on Zoom and run to the loo and come back and nobody knows, you know? Oh, that's hilarious. Oh, man. Uh, that's, you know, this is kind of like pretty common knowledge. So stop me if you've heard this. But um, do you know about like uh, Japanese toilets and all that, all this kind of stuff with like the flush buttons? No, tell me. So, so basically. Tell um, us. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so. Um, 
I want to say this was like in the 1980s sometime, um, you know, uh, basically for exactly the reasons that you're talking about of just like shyness around specifically the auditory component of like bodily functions. Um, basically, it was very common in Japan for women to constantly, constantly be flushing the toilet while they were going to the bathroom, whether they were going number one or number two, it was just like, whoosh, 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 <laughs> because you're making that fucking wall of noise so that nobody can hear what you're doing. And so basically, um, at some point, industry or government or a combination of the two, I'm not sure, was like, we are like we are wasting a phenomenal amount of water per capita on all this kind of stuff. Um, so mm. they started putting these buttons on the sides of toilets that just made the sound of a toilet flushing through a little speaker, a little onboard speaker, a really loud toilet flushing sound so that people could just hammer this button and create that audio screen for themselves without wasting all the accompanying water that kind of came along with that. So, yeah. I love that. Because I, <laughs> I, like... Every washroom I go into that has a fan, I turn the fan on no matter what. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Because even if I'm not intending me... to poop. <laughs> right, because it just makes me feel like, well, at least even if they hear the fan, but then I hear the fan. <laughs> so like the fan, like there's like this ambient, like this white noise or whatever that makes me feel a little more relaxed. Even at home here, I do it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just so weird, right? Like they're just like such sensory beings. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, with all the sensitivity as well of the ADHD stuff. Um, and the touch, it was, it was, it was actually really cool this morning when I went out for my walk, of course, you know, you've seen this neighborhood, all the big majestic trees mm -hmm. and, you know, a lot of them are kind of swathed in moss. And I was walking by one that was particularly striking today and I just like stopped and I just rested my hand against the moss mm. and just kind of felt the energy of the tree and the, the coolness of it, um, and it was just such a nice sensation. It was just so grounding for me. Yeah. Um, and I want more of that. Right. Um. But yeah, I don't know. I'm literally a tree hugger or maybe a tree, <laughs> maybe a tree petter is more accurate. <laughs> just walking around petting the moss. Um, I would love to have some moss, maybe even just growing on our balcony here. I don't know how I would do mm. that, but just like the, yeah. And I, I noticed too, and you know, we've talked about this maybe a little bit before that this little thing that I do with my shoulders is mm, a touch, mm. as a touch thing that kind of calms me and, um, it's just kind of like brings me back to the present moment a little yeah. bit. You know? Like a grounding kind of thing. Yeah, it's a little bit, you know, I've, we've talked briefly about stims here and there, but um, I think that's one that I didn't even know I was doing until I started being on Zoom calls and then you mm. and I were not, and with you and I recording more often and then um, I usually turn my camera off on a group Zoom call, but when you and I are doing it, I don't. So I, I could, I would see myself doing right. that. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? And then I realized, oh, that's like something I'm doing to kind of, Bring myself into this moment. Remind myself bodily where I am. Right. You know? Yeah, that's, um, I, I kind of, I want to bring it back to the foot stuff there for a minute, because that's, that's mm -hmm. kind of interesting. Um, there, there's a, a corollary there to like, yeah, um, for me, that's something that I've really just kind of figured out, honestly, as stupid as it sounds in the last couple of years, is just like, Oh, hey, you know, it feels pretty good to just like sit around and, and massage my own feet and my own mm. legs and, and, you know, my own head or whatever and do all this kind of stuff. And, mm. and yeah, specifically the kind of like foot care thing of, um, you know, uh, a couple years ago, I decided to familiarize myself with a pumice stone and, and moisturizing cream and all of these things. And yeah, mm. and like, you know, so 
not only do my socks last longer because my, you know, alligator heels aren't wearing, or my alligator heels aren't wearing out the heel of the sock, um, mm. but, you know, also it, yeah, it just like feels better and looks better. And there's a lot of enjoyment to, you know, um, the time that I would no- have normally spent kind of like flipping through my phone or whatever while I'm like watching TV or listening to a podcast or whatever, like, what if I just like put a towel on the floor and, and, you know, spent some time just like giving my feet a massage and, and, you know, pumicing the, uh, the, the calluses and, and putting a nice, maybe it's got a, a little bit of a kind of mint, um, or, or like mm. a menthol in there or something, just like a nice little kind of, uh, kind of lotion afterwards, you know, pamper myself a little bit. And that's been, that's been a really nice kind of new thing for me during the, during the pandemic. So. You're inspiring me to get back to that because I used to do a lot of self-foot care Mm. (laughs) Um, back in the day when I worked uh, on my feet a lot in restaurants. Mm. I always Mm. had peppermint Mm. cream on hand. I always had a pumice stone. And I rarely had um, the time because my schedule was so sporadic to really like get in and do pedicures. It would happen like maybe once a year if I was lucky. Um, And yeah, I think you're kind of giving me that inspiration to sort of get back to that. I do use a peppermint foot cream. Um. And I love it. Like if I put it on at night, especially when it's like hot out, it really kind of cools mm, my whole yeah. body. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, maybe it's just a good idea for me to get a proper pumice stone and just start like, because I have noticed lately, because I wear orthotics too in my shoes, mm. that I'm also starting to get holes like on the heels of my socks. And I hadn't made the <laughs> connection because I have become quite reptilian in the, the, the <laughs> heel area. Like that's what I was commenting on the other day. It's like, right. oh dear, you know. Because, you know, I, I think I have pretty nice feet, but like, it's kind of not that great when they're all crusty. You know? <laughs> well, that's, that's really, <laughs> it, it sucks, but it's one of these things where it's, it's <sighs> do, doing the maintenance, like is so much more, fuck, what am I trying to say here? Basically, like, like it's crazy how fast that stuff drops off once you start once you stop doing kind of like active maintenance, you know what I mean? Like, like I was doing really good with my, with my feet and with my heels for a long time. And then, yeah, like I hit a, I hit a depressive spell and probably didn't do them for not even that long, maybe four, six weeks. And like, it's crazy how they went from like, so, you know, relatively speaking for me, uh, uh, beautiful and touchably soft back to, <laughs> yeah, like, like gator mode in the course of four weeks. It's ludicrous. <laughs> yeah. I know. I, I think I've just like, I've decided what my plan is this evening. Mm, mm. Ah, I see. Soak my feet and, you know, cause you soften it up and you soak your feet and mm-hmm. then you know, just do what they do at the spa, but you don't have to tell them about your personal life. You're just like hanging out, just, like, hanging out right? <laughs> um, and I think that that sometimes that is a form of self-care is like not spending exorbitant amounts of money to go somewhere with a stranger to touch your feet, but to do it at home, mm-hmm. you know, and you're also saving, saving money. Sorry, my chair keeps kind of doing this thing oh, and I'm okay. trying to figure out what's the best um, thing because I've been going to physio. Did I tell you about this? I've been uh, no, I don't them. think so. Um, it's not something I'll be able to do consistently because it's expensive, but, um, I have, uh, along my neck, um, five different vertebrae that are, according to the radiologist, extremely narrowed. And, and this is pretty, pretty common with people as they get into their fifties is like the, the, the fluid and juicy kind of like the soft little bits between your, um, vertebrae wear down. And so yeah. the vertebrae are kind of like stacking on top of each other. 
Um, and a lot of people don't even feel anything when that happens. It's no big deal. But with me, I was having like such pain on the, my neck mm. and then radiating pain down my side mm. uh, that, you know, the doctor decided to, you know, investigate it. And then she suggested I go to physio. Um, but yeah, like, what was my point? There was a point to the physio thing <laughs> that um, it's the posture piece of like how I'm sitting and when my mood is low, I collapse back into myself and, you know, tend to kind of sit like a slug on the couch, you know, and try to make myself, I do try to make myself appear smaller in a lot of situations. Um, that's kind of a, a trauma response, I think. Mm. Um, but it's been really interesting to learn more about like, and to have her kind of school me on like how I can hold my body. And this, this was the point is like how I'm sitting in the chair and why mm, I've moved mm. the desk the way that I have is that I have to remind myself she said as often as you would look at a watch if you were wearing a watch or you know look on the time of your computer check your posture pull yourself up um engage your core which is so, sounds so fucking cheesy but like uh it's so far it's helping and it does kind of help a little bit with my nice. mood too when i'm sort of like trying to pull myself um up 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 and away um but yeah like there was kind of this this thought that ran through me like when all this was happening i was like well that's it like my body's <laughs> deteriorating and that's it throw in the towel robbie you're done you know and it's just like well no like like you know she said like it does a lot of people go through it it's just a natural progression of life um it could be possible too that just a lot of the different things that i've done in my life have contributed to it but you know i have a fair amount of calcium in my diet, et cetera. There's no like risk of osteoporosis for me right now or anything like that. <clears throat> and even just saying that, I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm having those conversations. <laughs> you know, it's just like, I, you know, don't feel emotionally that old, but um, no, physically I, I am. I understand. I mean, you know, I turned 39 mm -hmm. uh, this summer and yeah, like next year's next year's gonna be like prostate health conversation time for me, which is like, I'm not really fucking prostate health years old now. Like, I, I remember being in in high school and making some joke about prostates. I can't remember the specifics of it, but basically, um, the the implication of it was that I clearly didn't understand that that was something that only men had. Um, so anyway, I'm just, just thinking of how, how far my understanding has come since, since high school. <laughs> now <laughs> I actually have to start learning. worrying about it for myself. <laughs> yeah. And all the things that you thought you were invincible against when you were mm -hmm. 16 years old. Oh my God. Yes. Right. Like, <laughs> things you used to make fun of. Right. Um, and yeah, it's just there. It's just like, you know, but I, I, lots of people are, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but like lots of women, especially, um, like we just go through so much in our bodies and our life and like our hormones are bananas, like when we're teenagers and then again in our late thirties, the paramenopausal thing. And then if somebody has a baby, there's a whole thing that happens and like, mm. and I'm in this kind of like roller coaster of, um, of hormones that can directly impact my, um, my ADHD issues mm. directly impacts my mood, directly impacts my energy. Um, and it's fucking exhausting sometimes. It just feels like, what fresh hell is this? You know, <laughs> like, why do I have to go get my boobs squished at this thing <laughs> <laughs> once a year? And mammograms hurt. Oh, I believe it. Yeah. But they have to happen, you know. And it's not that I have a big history of that in my family per se, but um, 
I do in the sort of like cervical ovarian area and I have to monitor that shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and ultrasounds suck too. And I had to go for one last week and they had to do like the double one, which means they also go inside places Ooh. and that's like not comfortable. Um, but I'm so glad that that's available to me at no cost. Like yeah. it doesn't cost me a stitch to go. Um, and yeah, it, it is a sensory a sensory invasion. Um, and, you know, the whole thing was actually this particular time, I'm really trying to work at coaching people not to yell when I tell them I'm mm. little D deaf and to just ask them to Sorry, just... Sorry, when you tell them what? I'm Well, I'm, I'm still kind of coming up with the right phrasing for this. Like, um, there's a term called little D deaf, which means that uh, you're mostly, you mostly can't hear, but you don't mm. speak sign language. Um, mm, mm, mm. And... I'm still learning a lot about this. Like, um, like you never say hearing impaired because that's awful, but you know, hard of hearing. Sometimes when you say hard of hearing people, that's an, people believe that to be an invitation to yell. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to say deaf, um, in a way that they get it. Um, so the technologist just started to kind of like scream at me in this like tiny little dark room with all these machines. And I'm like totally vulnerable in this little blue gown with my butt hanging out. And she's like yelling. And I'm like, honey, you don't need to yell. Like, I just need you to speak clearly to me so I can see your face. We're wearing masks. Just talk calmly. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta just be like, look, lady, I'm hard of hearing, not French in like an inversion of the uh, uh, you know, oh, I'll just keep speaking English to you, but louder. Like, yeah, right. Just, just, just an inversion of that. <laughs> I remember, oh my God, I remember that in Costa Rica. I, I think we were at like some burger joint or something. And this American woman was like, I need a sack. Like she wanted a brown paper bag. Yeah. Just say fucking bag or whatever, right? But she just kept saying sack and she was yelling it over and over and over again. And the Latina woman behind the counter is like, you're crazy, local lady. (laughs) So awkward. Um, But yeah, I'm really trying to kind of school people. And the fatigue that comes with that is always Mm. having to be the one that does it instead of people actually understanding how to show up. And And I was also coming fresh off checking in at the front of this, of this, you know, clinic near the hospital on Broadway, which was packed with people and, you know, everybody was distanced. It was fine, but there's, you know, huge plexiglass. Yeah. There's like five different receptionists behind there all talking at the same time, clacking away on their computers, a bunch of people behind me talking, um, radiologists running around, like sharing information. Um, and all she wanted to do was confirm my phone number and I couldn't hear her. And I was just like, honey, I need you to write it down or show me because I yeah. am deaf. She just kept yelling anyway. And then she just like took the form and like stuck it up against the, the plexiglass and pointed at it. And I was like, <laughs> you could have done that to begin with. Yeah, that's all you whole, needed. Um, you know, I'm, I still, yeah, it's going to take me time. I'm going to start checking in more with the Wavefront Center about things I can do because that's 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 a sensory thing as well because when people yell it's distressing for me and it doesn't yeah. it shuts me down and I'm less likely to hear what they're saying um and then you know people putting gel all over your abdomen and stuff that's a whole <laughs> other I'm just yeah nothing no thank you I'm saying that a lot lately no thank you <laughs> I see you writing things down what are you like well I, I was just I was just so like I said um 
uh, I usually try to go into this with a scratch pad and a pencil beside me. And when I was putting together my list before we got on our call today, I was like, oh, I actually kind of have more to talk about with this than I thought I did, which is always a positive thing. But no, mm. I was um, I was just, you know, we, we could save this for a little bit later or maybe we can dive in right now. But I thought it might be fun to kind of like, you know, um, give our top three bodily sensations. Just kind of mm. like, you know, what, 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 are, what are some things that you like? Uh, the sensation of I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that you know like climax is a given for both of us, but <laughs> you know so so you know, you, if you want to play it obvious you can do that. That's not the route that I'm gonna go, but you know. <laughs> well, I, I'm gonna follow your lead on this, Jordan, because this is juicy. But I want to see what you how you respond to that. Sure. Question. Okay. So um, I think that um, I'm gonna say. One of them, okay, I'll, I'll give my number three first. Um, my number three favorite body sensation is um, sitting cross-legged in the bottom of a shower stall uh, with a very, very hot, uh, high-pressure shower head beating down on me. Um, mm. And just kind of like, yeah, just being really, really hot and just, just having that, uh, yeah, no, no wimpy water pressure. It's got to be really mm. like scraping the skin off my back. <laughs> that's number Stalling. three for me yeah wow okay so do we want to each do one and then go back and yeah talk? Is that how yeah you like i to think do so it? yeah um so what's coming to mind for me as a number three is uh swimming and being in any mm. kind of any kind of body of water where the waves are just kind of like sort of like gently kind of caressing and I'm just sort of like treading water in a really gentle way. It's not too vigorous. It's not too cold. It's not too hot. Um, the air is clean. And that feeling, um, I've had a number of different times in my life being in different places swimming is, um, yeah, it's something I, I definitely would like to have more of because um, it just feels as though I'm in flow with the world when I'm in that place. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's, maybe even that's number one, but whatever. We'll start with number three. And then as, as we're talking, maybe other things will come up. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you reevaluate at the end of it. Who knows? Um, mm. So I think I know what my number one is for sure. Number two, there's so many great options, but um, something that just kind of came to mind as you were talking there about that kind of like suspension feeling. Um, I just had a, a very interesting kind of like body memory of uh, being in a ball pit, um, you know, just just oh. just like being in in just like you're not you're you're right in the middle of it, you know, where you're kind of like in that suspended space where you can't you're not touching a wall or the ground, and you're not you can't see out the top, but obviously you're not in danger or anything because it's a ball pit. But there's just kind of like this mm. this kind of weird stasis sensation uh, combined with. Um, yeah, maybe like some of the kind of pressure sensation stuff that I've been talking about before on this show of just like having all those balls, uh, pressed around you. But yeah, it's mm. like, it's, it's different from being in water or sand or something because they're bigger objects, but it's, it's still interesting. So I think that that's a cool sensation. Hmm. I like that. Um, I think for number two for me is, is very similar to that and, mm. uh, being swaddled. Like mm, being mm. like uh, completely uh, wrapped up, and I don't have a weighted blanket. I would love to get a good one. Uh, they're expensive as fuck, though. But yep. <laughs> um, you know, just having my body uh, feeling that kind of like safe, warm feeling that a baby would have, like when you yeah. swaddle a baby. I love um, 
when I'm feeling a little overwhelmed to just kind of, and I, we've talked about it before, I'll just kind of retreat to the couch and swaddle myself with my heating pad and my little blanket. Mm-hmm. And I just find that sensation so safe and reassuring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. And number one for Jordan Lee. Oh, number one, there's, there's only one answer to this. Um, literally better than sex for me. Uh, just like going and getting my head massaged. Uh, mm-hmm. like when you, when you get your hair shampooed at a fancy high end salon and they take five minutes and really get their nails into your scalp or, you know, go to get a, a, a massage and like make sure that that's part of it. Or even those, those little like wire contraptions that look like an octopus mm. that you just sort of like, like tickle your scalp with or whatever. But that is like, yeah, number one with a bullet, the most pleasurable sensation I think in the world. <laughs> oh, I love that. Well, that's, that's funny because my number one is like full body massage. Ah, there you go. Um, full body massage. I want to say this is kind of like a dual thing. It's full body massage and really good acupuncture. Mm. Um, so either one of those things have both in my life been like, like blissful. Like I can't even like, it's hard for me to even describe, especially when they're hitting the right, you know, median points on my body and Mm. like how well I sleep after that, how calm I feel afterwards, how I feel like just so, um, vital and yeah, uh, that, that feeling, um, of having like a really well done massage and how you just feel or how I feel like my shoulders are down and yeah. And it's, it's, it is interesting. Like something like a pedicure feels invasive, obviously an ultrasound does, <laughs> but like a, a massage. Yeah. Bring that on any old time. And, and acupuncture. I don't know if I ever told you this story, but like after I got back from New York, I was really struggling in like 2008, um, emotionally, financially, everything. Um, and I went to um, an acupuncture clinic that used to be in Calgary. It was in one of the malls in the Northwest. And it was a school. Um, and this mm. woman was uh, just on the verge of graduating. And she was really into, <clears throat> really, really into it. And she she did something, I think, called like sitting dragon. It was like a specific kind of way of placing the acupuncture points. They're supposed to open up um, mm. all your chakras and whatever. But I literally went into that appointment, like in one state of mind. And then I came out like fully restored in an hour and a half. And my mom was waiting for me um, at the food court or something. And she was like, oh, there you are. Like, I feel like I haven't seen you since you got Mm. back. And here's Mm. the person. Here's the Robbie that I know. Here is this person. So, um, yeah, I think acupuncture can be incredibly powerful when 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 it's done by somebody who knows what they're doing. You know, I've actually, I've never had acupuncture, acupressure. Uh, I've had some dry needling as part of physio, but um, not the whole, the whole Hellraiser experience. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that like, you don't even feel them. Like, no, I, I assume not. Because yeah. um, Osvaldo was really resistant to it. And I think he went and did it one or two times. And then my mom started going after that for some of the arthritis she had in one of her hands. And it was like, it really, really helped her. Mm. Yeah. But this is, you know, as we always say at the beginning... We're not medical experts nope. and, you know, disclaimer and all that, but, you know, do your due diligence before doing something like that. But for me personally, it's been incredibly helpful when I've done it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually something I meant to bring up a while ago, but I forgot uh, when you were talking about posture and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So I tweeted, I think yesterday, something about um, about uh, being too tired to exercise. So I was having lunch in a weighted vest. That was only <laughs> half a lie um, because I actually did buy a little uh, weighted vest. Um, 
you know, I've, I've heard people talk about these kind of like posture things that like kind of pull your shoulders back or whatever. And I kind of had the thought of like, I wonder if just like wearing a fairly light weighted vest around would do like a similar thing just to remind me. Cause like, you know, if I slouch, it's going to be a lot more pronounced and noticeable because I have these 10 pounds on my shoulder. And so I'm not wearing it right this second, but I actually have been wearing that, uh, mm. this week, um, as kind of like a, a posture correcting reminder thing. Um, and that's been going well so far. So, yeah. I like that. Um, I wouldn't risk that because I've got like the, all this pain in my neck and I could just see myself like, well, I'm going to put 20 pounds around my neck and then just my head just hitting the smack. <laughs> well, for, for what it's worth, it's really much more around my shoulders than my neck. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I like the idea of having like an invisible marionette kind of like somebody just kind of like pulling mm-hmm. the strings back. And that's what the uh, physio was kind of recommending is just like every time you're slouching, just think that somebody's just kind of yeah. like gently pulling you back up and then you just kind of like do this across the yep. You know, people can't see this, but I'm looking like a marionette right now with my hands dangling. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the posture thing. And I don't know, this is probably too TMI, but I'm the queen of God <laughs> anyway. But I am considering at this point, like, a possible breast reduction because mm. as I've gotten older, they've gotten out of control. Like, I've been a B or C cup all my life, and now I'm an E. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And, <laughs> like, they're, like, too much. And I feel like they're pulling me down. Um mm. And I'm in conversations with my doctor about it. Apparently, you can get a referral for it. But other priorities, you know, getting a job and stuff like that are, like, number one. Yeah. Um, we have three minutes left, but can I quickly share about what happened you with can, that you job can take as You can take an hour to share about it. Uh, you know, there's really... I don't know. The, this thing doesn't explode at, at 60 minutes. You can, <laughs> you can talk as much as you want. <laughs> um. So the organization that I went for the interview with decided to go with another candidate. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really an interesting process for me because there was, for me, a couple of red flags in the interview, but I didn't quite pick up on that until I had a few days to reflect on it. So Mm. um, there was some uh, highly ableist questions and uh, the interview itself, um, they didn't, even though I expressed that I was neurodivergent, and um, have hearing loss, they didn't ask about captions, they didn't provide captions, they didn't ask Mm. how I would best be suited to that. Um, They asked, uh, and I was talking to somebody who is autistic about this yesterday, uh, when when an employer asks the ambiguity question, it's a, a form of ableism because most people with autism and ADHD require some clarity uh, and if you're in an environment of chaos, it can be like really, really difficult to navigate. Um, so it was just really interesting that she told me that yesterday. And she was like, because she was the person who kind of connected me with it. And then she's like, I'm just so disappointed in them for all of their posturing about being inclusive that they totally dropped the disability ball on that. Um, and so in a way, um, I feel as though it was me kind of dodging something that may have turned out to be really, really difficult for me. And I might not have been able to thrive in that role anyway. Um, and you know, it's still, of course it stings. It never feels good when yeah. somebody goes some, somewhere else. But my first impulse when I saw that posting was not to apply to it because something about it felt wrong. Mm. But when, when somebody encouraged me to do it, I thought, well, that's a signal that maybe it is right. Um, but I think my first impulse was maybe right on about this one, especially when it came to some of the more technical things they were looking for. Mm. Um, and 
And yeah, I just, I feel, I found this out last night and it was good because my sister was here, Osvaldo was here, I had a quick chat with a friend on the phone about it. So I wasn't like alone in an RSD spiral. Um, I just was like, okay, so that, that's data. That's just information. The the questions that they asked me, now I know after not having a formal job interview for two years, those are the questions that are being asked. Okay, cool. Now I know. And now I know next time that maybe, maybe I'll need to advocate more strongly in setting when they're setting up the interview about things like that mm, and mm. educate them, even though at this point in time, folks should have more awareness. If they claim to have that awareness, then they should also be aware of things like captions. It's pretty straightforward. I sense another CBS, CBC kind of op-ed thing brewing. Mm, Dear nice. employers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, managers. <laughs> I have to assume that that's uh, here, here we go two layers of assumptions but I have to assume that that's the assumption on their part is that you know well if this person needs this thing surely they're just gonna let us know in advance of uh, the interview or whatever um, you know they're looking for a self-starter who can advocate for themselves <laughs> um, as for yeah. the ambiguity question though I think I think that the next time somebody asks me how are you with ambiguity I'm just gonna say what do you mean by that? <laughs> And just see how far that gets me during the interview process. So. <laughs> yeah, I think there was, uh, for me, there was like, I think for them, there was a turning point, something that they asked about something technical that I don't think I answered in a way that they were satisfied with. Mm. And then the last two questions being about the uh, the ambiguity and something else, I was like, red flag you know, <laughs> um, for me. And, uh, you know, according to my friend who works at a pretty big university where they have a lot of different hiring policies, that's like something you're not permitted to ask mm. as a hiring manager. Um, that's super ableist. But a lot of organizations just have it right now. Even my former employer has it in their values. Must be comfortable with ambiguity. Right. Why don't you just say we're fucking chaotic? <laughs> <laughs> why, don't, why don't you just say uh, <laughs> we don't want to write job descriptions for anyone? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, there's a lot of the by design stuff with that. Joint. Yeah. But, any, but anyway, yeah, it's... Uh, I feel pretty pretty decent about it because it means that there's something better in the wings for me, and I yeah. I, I truly believe that. Um, good. Yeah, yeah. So this is a good chat today. Yeah, I really enjoy it as mm-hmm. always. Me too. Robbie and I would love to. Love it. That was fucking. You're still here with me. I don't need to <laughs> speak on your behalf. Oh my god. You okay. sound like a ninby. Are you going, gonna rent? Going... Are you gonna rent spleen to me? No, sorry. Going putting <laughs> putting my feet back into the starting blocks here. Let's try this again. Thank you so much to our patrons over on Patreon.com, Brianna, Paige, Jill, Dave, Lindsay, Thomas, Carla, Jessica, Don, and Grace. Your support means a lot and helps us uh, put together the show every every week, every couple weeks, when it comes out. It helps us put the show together when it comes out. And yeah, if you would like to join their ranks over at Patreon.com slash holy shit, I have ADHD, well, gosh, you can do that. And uh, thanks, because I know you're all just going to go and, and do that now, right? Yeah, perfect. Awesome. Thanks so much. Okay, see you next time. Hear you next time. (laughs) Be aware of you next time. (laughs) Oh my goodness. If you enjoyed Holy Shit, I Have ADHD, subscribing to and reviewing it on your podcast platform of choice helps more neurodivergent folks find us, as does following and promoting the show on social media. 
A full list of platforms is on our Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash holy shit, I have ADHD. While you're there, why not leave us a voicemail? You can also share your thoughts on this episode or your own ADHD experiences with us at, you guessed it, holy shit, I have ADHD at gmail.com or via our social media pages in the episode notes. Bye for now and hyper focus on the positive.